Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Wellsprings Community Church. Uh, it's great that you've been able to join us this morning, whether you're watching live on the Sunday morning or whether you're watching uh, later in the day on the Sunday or sometime during the week or sometime way into the future. Uh, it's great that you're able to join with us uh, and that you're able to be a part of our Sunday morning service. Obviously, normally when it's not lockdown and coronavirus time, we would meet together on a Sunday morning in our own church building. Uh, we would pray and we would sing, we would worship, we would praise, uh, we would uh, listen to talks, we would uh, discuss things together. We'd support and encourage one another. Uh, and so what we're trying to do is make sure that on Sunday mornings or whenever you're able to watch this, that exactly those same things happen, that you're able to praise and to worship. You can join in with some of the songs that we're going to be singing later, uh, that you can listen to uh, a thought from me. We're going through Mark's Gospel at the moment, um, verse by verse almost, just to take us through this coronavirus time. Uh, we're going to share communion together later. Uh, Alec Cox uh, has got something very special to share with us towards the end of the service as well. Uh, I won't give anything away now, but uh, that will be coming up later on in the service. So all those things that we normally do on a Sunday morning when we gather together, we're still able to do. People still have an opportunity to join in with each of those things. And it may seem different sitting at home or wherever you are uh, watching and listening to this, but you can still be joined together uh, with one another who are each of us part together uh, of this local expression of church. Uh, and it's wonderful that we can join together in that way, that we can know with Jesus as the head that we are joined together. Uh, as we go through, as I say, different people will be doing different things. Um, Linda Marshall uh, will be leading us in our prayer, um, probably about the first thing that we'll do in the service this morning. Uh, Megan Lambert uh, is going to uh, help us to worship through song um, after that. Uh, so there's a short thought from me uh, that will come then. I'm going to be thinking about uh, being a disciple uh, and the, the kinds of people who were disciples uh, and hopefully the encouragement that that gives to each of us about being disciples as well. Uh, Stan Hawkins uh, will follow that. He'll be leading us uh, very bravely a cappella uh, in a worship song, Boldly I Approach, uh, which is great. I know it's a song that's really important to Stan. He hasn't been with us for a huge amount of time, uh, but already uh, this song is one that's very, very special for him. Uh, Alex's going to be uh, reading us a poem. Uh, and I'll explain more about that when we get to it as well. Uh, and then Andrew Coleman will lead us with through, will lead communion through with us if I can talk properly, um, almost at the end of the service. And then I'll do a closing prayer after that. So it is really great that you can be with us. You can join in and be a part of what we do here on a Sunday morning, uh, and to feel uh, that God will be speaking to you and revealing more of himself to you and encouraging you on in your journey of faith with him. It's really exciting what God's been doing during this coronavirus time through services, not just our service on a Sunday, but other people's services as well. Uh, when we've gone online and we've had to do things in a different way and just the, the amazing numbers of people that are watching these kind of things. And I pray uh, are, uh, receiving from God through these things as well. Uh, I'm going to pray in a moment uh, to start the service uh, proper for us. Um, just to remind you, uh, wh wherever you're watching at the moment, whatever uh, uh, stream you're watching, whether you're on Facebook or whether you're on YouTube or you're listening to a podcast, wherever it is, hopefully there will be somewhere 
uh, there that you can type things in, uh, that you can send messages back to us. Maybe you've got questions you want to ask or things you want to say. Maybe you've got prayer requests that you'd like us to receive and then to pray about for you. Uh, maybe you've got some highlights where God has obviously been at work in your life or the lives of people around you. Uh, and so we can celebrate and praise together. So if you want to do that, then wherever you are, type those in. Uh, and that's a really uh, an important thing to be joined together, to be able to communicate with each other in that kind of way. And to know that those things you type there will be prayed for. Uh, and those highlights will be told. Uh, um, people will be excited by what God has been doing. Um, I've gone through a list of who's involved and what they're doing this morning. Uh, if you'd like to be involved in one of these services in, com in the coming weeks, uh, maybe you could pray. Maybe you could do the Bible reading. Uh, maybe you could lead us through communion. Maybe there's a, some sung worship uh, that you can take us through and help us to praise and to worship through. Uh, maybe you could do just a short testimony um, of how God's been at work in your life. Maybe even you want to do the talk. Uh, Whatever you feel God is leading you to do, then please get in touch with me, either directly, if you know all my contact details, uh, or through uh, wherever you're watching this, uh, type into the feed there, uh, and I'll be able to see that and pick those up and get back in touch with you, help you to know how to go about uh, knowing what Bible reading to do, or how to do the technical side of things and how to get that to us so that we can edit it together to be part of the service. Uh, all kinds of different things that we're involved with that you could help with uh, and it's really great that we have so many people who are willing to join in and be a part of that and volunteer to do those things because otherwise it'd just be me sat here for an hour which wouldn't be the best thing for anybody I don't think so uh, just looking we've given a bit of time for people to be signed in more and more people joining us all the time it's great that you're joining us so we'll do we'll, we'll start again Welcome to Wellsprings Community Church. It's great that you're here with us this morning. We've got a whole service ahead of us now with lots of people doing lots of different things. Uh, but I'm going to pray and then that's going to uh, kick off our time together really this morning. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that we can come together to praise you, to worship you, to listen to you, to give ourselves to you again. Lord, help us to be encouraging one another and sharing with one another and caring for one another and that we're able then to take your love uh, into the world around us, to the people around us, maybe who don't know that love, maybe people who are crying out needing love at the moment. Lord, help us to do that. Help us to be your hands and your feet. Help us to be your voice to people this week. And Lord, I pray during this time that we're together that you would be uh, enabling us to worship you and to praise you. You'll be opening our ears uh, physically to what's been said, but also spiritually to what you are saying directly to each one of us. And that then you'll, you'll give us the courage to put into practice those things that you're saying. Lord, thank you for everyone who's been involved and will be involved in this morning's service. Uh, and I just ask now, Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would meet each one of us, that we would have a sense of your presence with us, of your love surrounding us, and that we can be drawn closer to you through all that happens this morning. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, all kinds of people doing all kinds of things. Let's get kicked off. Uh, Linda Marshall uh, is going to lead us uh, in some prayers, uh, and then Megan is going to be leading us uh, in a song, uh, some sung worship, one called God I Look to You, uh, Hallelujah Our God Reigns, 
uh, is the other name that it's known by. So Linda's going to lead us in prayer, Megan's going to lead us in song, and then I'll come back to do the next part with us. This prayer is formed from words written 3,000 years ago, and that is a long time ago. The words are from Psalm 88, so let us pray. Lord our God, by day we call for help, by night we cry aloud in your presence. Let our prayers come before you. Hear our loud entreaty, for we have had our fill of woes, which have brought us to the brink of despair. For those who are suffering from this dreadful disease, all who have lost loved ones, all those whose loss of suffering have been turned into the, the statistics we see on our daily news bulletin. For everyone living in fear, shut into their homes, somehow surviving on the streets. For those afraid their jobs or their livelihoods may be at stake. For those whose fear is turning to panic. For policy makers, frontline workers, health workers and care providers and all those working so hard to develop a vaccine. For the over 70s, those with underlying health conditions, for pregnant women, for good neighbours and loving friends, for those closest to us in this time of need. Will your wonders be known in the reign of darkness, your victories in the land of oblivion? Dear Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Amen. Thank you. 
during this time of lockdown, during this time of coronavirus, uh, there seems to be one question above any other that's on people's lips. There seems to be one question that's been asked in Facebook groups uh, and in all kinds of different places. Uh, I, I've seen this question probably more than any other question at all during this period of time. And that question is, of course, what box set should I watch next? It seems like people are spending a lot of their time filling in time, watching things, uh, watching box sets, watching TV programmes. I haven't had a lot of time to do things like that. I did this week watch the first part of a new uh, series uh, that I want to watch the rest of if I can as well. Uh, it's not a box set that's on um, uh, Prime or on um, Netflix or anything like that. Uh, it's a box set that comes on an app. So you download the app and then all the episodes are there for you to be able to watch. Uh, it's an app called The Chosen. Uh, it's a retelling uh, of the gospel stories of Jesus's life. It's a way of seeing them in a very sort of modern box set kind of way. It's got that feel about it. But the um, people who've made it have said, the producers have said that what they're trying to do is to create something that's as historically accurate and also uh, accurate to what the Gospels tell us. They'll fill in bits of people's stories around to make it a fuller picture uh, and able to understand things a little bit more. The first episode was really, really good. It introduced us to lots of different characters. Uh, we met Simon. Uh, we met Nicodemus. We met Mary Magdalene. We met Matthew. We meet all these different people. Jesus actually does arrive. He appears for about the last five seconds of that first hour-long episode, uh, but he makes his arrival at that point. But they've set the scene. They've given us the idea of what life was like at the time uh, and some of the characters who Jesus is going to interact with as he goes through. Uh, I mentioned Matthew. Uh, he was almost like the comedy character. Uh, he was the light relief in the middle of the story. Because uh, everybody knows Matthew's a tax collector. And what does that mean? Well, nobody likes him. And so Matthew can't go out in public very much, he, and, and he hides away, and, and he manages to get to his tax collector's booth, and he hides in there so that no one can get to him. Uh, and in the story uh, that, we, that I watched this week, he's actually there uh, to get from his house to his tax collector's booth. Uh, he's worried about going out and everybody seeing him, and so he actually pays someone to pull a cart that's got him in the back covered over by some sheets until they get to the tax collector's office uh, and then when no one's looking he can jump out from under there from the back of the uh, cart and he can go into his tax collector's booth quickly and lock himself in. It's this comedy character uh, that they've managed to create around Matthew being the tax collector. We've reached the point in Mark's Gospel where Matthew or Levi, as he's also called, he gets both names get used for him, uh, is about to be introduced by Mark. Uh, we're in Mark chapter 2. I'll read us that bit of the story, I'll read on a little bit further, but we'll come back to Matthew, to Levi, uh, and think a little bit more about what it means for him to be the tax collector, to be the comedy relief, to be uh, the light-hearted part of the story, and see, actually, that might not be quite how it works. So we're in Mark uh, chapter 2. Uh, and we're going to go from verse 13. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. 
While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I haven't come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now John, that's John the Baptist, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, How is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, he pours new wine into new wineskins. Levi, Matthew, is not a comedy character. Yes, he's a tax collector, but that isn't a, ha ha ha, nobody likes him. Let's try and understand Matthew in the real context of what that means. Let's remember that Israel has been occupied by the Romans. They've come and they've conquered the land. They've come and they've taken over. They've occupied Israel. Within Israel, there were various responses by various groups to what had happened. Uh, on one extreme, you've got uh, the people who are called the Zealots. They're the ones who physically fought to get the land back for themselves from the Romans, to get the land back for God from the Romans. They were the Zealots. They were the freedom fighters. They were the rebellious ones who would literally, physically, fight and kill to get the land back on God's behalf. Moving along the scale a little bit, the second group that we'll think about, uh, they opposed the Roman rule, uh, but they taught people, rather than to fight back, to live apart, to live separate. And then at some time, God would come again himself and he would save them. He would get them back from this slavery that they're into the Romans. He would give them their land back again. And so what they decided to do was to live lives separate and apart from the Romans, uh, separate and apart from the pollution of any foreigner or any outsider. They were the groups that we come to know as the Pharisees. Uh, a really extreme group of this were the Essenes. They decided to withdraw completely into the desert so that they weren't anywhere near the Romans and their occupation. They disagreed with the Romans being there. They weren't the zealots who would fight, but they withdrew and said, let's live our lives separate to them. A third group uh, are the group who were the, the upper class, the rich elite, even before the Romans came. Uh, they approved of the Roman rule, as long as the Romans allowed them to keep their power and their money and their influence. But ultimately all they were were just puppets of the Roman Empire. The 
most famous group of these probably is the Sadducees. They were the ones who controlled the temple and all that happened in the temple. They were allowed to do that uh, by the Romans, but that was all they were allowed to do. And so they were able to uh, have worship for God at the same time as accepting the Romans and all that being under Roman rule brought to them. So you've got the zealots at one extreme, then you've got the Pharisees who disagree with the Romans but withdraw and live your life separate and don't be polluted by them. You've got the Sadducees who were willing uh, to be controlled by the Romans as long as they keep some of their power and their position and their authority and their money. At the other extreme then are the collaborators, the ones who joined in with the Romans and worked for them, who were employed by them and were paid by them, who placed themselves and their money above any kind of thoughts about God and about Israel as a nation. They were seen by the Jews as turning their back on God and on their fellow Jews. The foremost among this group, the tax collectors. They would collect a toll for uh, maybe travelling along a particular road. They would collect a toll for crossing a particular bridge. They would collect a toll for uh, bringing your goods to the market when it was market day. They were Jews who were working for and paid by the occupying Roman force. They were seen as turning their back on God. And so they were despised by the other Jews. But then everyone also knew that they were cheats, that they would charge more than they had to. They'd give the money they had to to the Romans and then they'd keep the extra for themselves. They'd con and they'd cheat people. They'd even try and cheat the Romans if they could. And so not only were they despised by the Jews, they were also actually despised by the Romans as well. Being a tax collector is not a comedy role at that time. They were despised by everyone except for other tax collectors. And yet, Jesus calls Matthew to be one of his disciples. He calls Matthew to join his team, who are going to be there with him. Have you ever thought about the people that Jesus chose to be his disciples, who he chose to be on his team? We've got Matthew, the tax collector, on one extreme, hated and despised because he goes along with the Romans and turns his back on God and on his Jewish people. At the other extreme, remember, were the zealots. And the Bible tells us that in amongst Jesus' disciples, there was someone called Simon, the zealot. Matthew, Simon, the two extremes, they would have hated each other. You've got these rough and ready northern fishermen, uneducated, not very clever. Everyone could tell who they were by their accent uh, and they were from the north and, and they're not very clever up there. There was an accountant who became the treasurer for the group, Judas, but everyone knew he was actually a thief and he was taking money out of the pot. Uh, there were several teenagers these were fishermen who were young enough to be working on their father's boat. They hadn't yet got the boat for themselves. They hadn't yet got their own business, which means they were at the best, at the oldest, mid-teens. There were two sets of brothers. You know what brothers are like when they're together, arguing and fighting. 
One of these pairs of brothers was even uh, got a nickname. They were so well known for their actions and their attitudes. They were called the Sons of Thunder. They wanted to call down fire from heaven on anyone who disagreed with them and who didn't go along with what Jesus was saying. They thought they were better than everyone else and wanted to be, hey, Jesus, we'll be at your right hand, at your glory in heaven when your kingdom comes. We're better than everybody else. There was Thomas. You know, Thomas is the pessimist. He's known for doubting all the time. There was this other one, uh, James, son of Alphaeus. That's not James and John, the brothers James. It's a different James. James, son of Alphaeus. What do we know about James, son of Alphaeus? That he didn't do anything except just be part of this bigger group of disciples. In fact, over time, his name was changed from James, son of Alphaeus, to James the Less. Because no one knows anything about him. He didn't really do anything. He just sat there and joined in with everyone else, but nothing special for himself or on his own. They're not a great team. They're a bit of a motley crew. But Jesus chose them. He brought them together to be with him and to be with each other. He showed them what to do. He transformed their characters to be more like his. He created in them a love for him and a love for each other and a love for everyone else in the world too. He sent them out to continue his work, to be him in the world when he was no longer there. And you know what? Within a generation, the entire world was completely transformed by Jesus working through this motley crew, this rough and ready team who had fallen out and argued and came from different backgrounds and understandings. This group of misfits, the grumpy teenagers, the hot-headed resistance fighters, the collaborators that everyone hated, the accountants, the rich, the poor, the educated, the uneducated, the manual workers, the outsiders and the outcasts, the natural evangelists who could speak and tell people things, the people who could say nothing and were too timid and withdrawn, those who had doubts and uncertainties, those who felt like they'd let Jesus down. And this is not just a list of the first disciples. This is a, a list of disciples of the church, even today. Maybe even Wellsprings today. Not a great team. A real motley crew. But Jesus chooses us. He brings us together to be with him and with each other. He shows us what to do. He transforms our characters to be more like his. He creates in us a love for him and for each other and for everybody else in the world. He sends us out to continue his work now that he's no longer physically here. To be him in the world. And maybe, just maybe, within a generation, the entire world, or at least wellsprings, will be completely transformed by Jesus working through us, the motley crew, 
the strange band, the group of misfits brought together with Jesus as the head, brought together as his body, to make such a difference, to make such a change, as we love him, as we love each other, and as we love the world around and the people around, despite the differences that we have, despite the different backgrounds we come from, despite the different understandings and ages and all those things, brought together as one under Jesus to represent him, to be him to the world. Hi, so this is a vocal cover of Boldly I Approach, which is my favourite song, hymn from church. So I hope you enjoy. By grace alone, somehow I stand Where even angels fear to tread Invited by redeeming love Before the throne of God above He pulls me close with nail-scarred hands into his ever-loving arms. When condemnation grips my heart and Satan tempts me to despair, I hear the voice of Gutter's fear. The great I am, the Lord is here. Oh, praise the one who fights for me and shields my soul eternally. Boldly I approach your throne. Blameless now I'm running home By your blood I come Welcomed as your own Into the arms of majesty Behold the bright and risen sun more beauty than this world has known. I'm face to face with love himself, his perfect spotless righteousness. A thousand years, a thousand tongues, are not enough to sing his praise. Boldly I approach your throne. Blameless now I'm running home. By your blood I come, welcomed as your own. Into the arms of majesty. This is the art of celebration. 
knowing we're free from condemnation. Oh, praise the one, praise the one who made an end to all my sin. Boldly I approach your throne. Blameless now I'm running home. By your blood I come, welcomed as your own, into the arms of majesty. Into the arms of majesty. Alec Cox got in touch with me earlier in the week about a poem that he'd seen. Uh, it was written especially for Easter uh, by one of his friends, an old friend of his uh, called David Parsons. Uh, he got in touch with David and he sent him a copy of it through so that Alec could this morning share it with us as well. So it was written for Easter, it was written particularly with the coronavirus and all that's going on at the moment in mind as well. Uh, Alec will introduce it and then he'll read it to us. Uh, it's an incredibly clever idea. Obviously coronavirus, corona is the Latin for crown, uh, virus then being a, a poison, uh, and just remembering about coronavirus, and then the crown of thorns, the crown of poison that Jesus wore and was given as part of his crucifixion. Alec will introduce it very briefly uh, and then he'll read for us this poem by his friend David Parsons called Coronavirus. Coronavirus from the Latin corona, crown, wreath, virus, a poison. And they plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head. Unplanted, untended, the briar thorn grew, an untidy tangle of misshapen form, sprouting and spreading in shells of spring, unkempt and weaponed with thorn. Outside the barracks it cut at a corner, till one day a foot soldier cut it clean down with three swift strokes of his broad-bladed sword, bore it inside for a crown. They plaited a wreath of Jerusalem thorn for the prisoner bound in the oath-filled room, a king who dared to challenge Rome, and the red blood flowed down his face. Sport over, they marched in onto a hill, spiked his limbs to a cruel, rough-hewn cross, watched him die under the darkening sky, showed him that Rome was boss. A rebel, an upstart, a fraudster, they thought, a pretender, a nobody, empty of worth, a figure of foolishness, scandal and curse, a virus to flush from the earth. But brushing the tears from my horrified eyes, I, I discover a veil was removed from my sight 
revealing a whole dimension of vision, a piercing display of pure light. For here on this hilltop, unseen by the world, my Lord, you have taken my contamination, absorbed my infection, my poison, the virus that threatened the life of creation. I fall on my knees. This is more than my mind can conceivably fathom. Your grace beyond measure has flushed out all trace of my sinful rebellion and left me with infinite treasure. Your cross is the place where the ills of the world are sucked into the vortex of suffering and pain. Till the virus is vanquished, the snake fangs extracted, and we are made whole once again. So lift up your heads, ye great gates of the kingdom, and loose every tongue to resound with the story. For here comes the victor, the king, in his beauty, resplendent in love and in glory. On Friday, St Paul's Cathedral opened an online book of remembrance called Remember Me to commemorate those who have died from the coronavirus. Prince Charles said that the virtual memorial was a chance to mark our loss and sorrow, but also to be thankful for everything good that those we have loved brought into our lives. I think this is very laudable and will hopefully bring some comfort to those who mourn loved ones. How long it will endure for future generations, only time will tell. How will it compare, for example, with the stone memorials erected after the World Wars? What Christians do as they celebrate communion is a very simple memorial and only consists of a piece of bread and a sip of wine or juice. Yet remarkably, it has endured for nearly 2000 years all across the world. The Apostle Paul provides the earliest written account, although we are told by St Luke that Christ's disciples met to break bread on the first day of the week, right from the birth of the church. This is what Paul writes to the church in Corinth. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So Paul says that it's a proclamation, that is, it's a public announcement. So the fact that we are forced to do this online rather than being inside a church or any other building is a good thing because it mean, makes it more public. It does mean though that I don't know who is actually watching this. So it's quite important I think that I explain as best I can a little bit about what what we're going to do in a minute means. Jesus said, this is my body which is for you. 
So when we take a piece of bread in a minute and eat it, we do it as a memorial to remember that God, in the person of Jesus, became a human being for us. He became a fetus in Mary's womb. He was born in the unhygienic surroundings of a stable and he was lain in an animal's feeding trough. No wonder he survived really, poor Mary. He became part of a refugee family, escaping religious persecution from a despotic king who went down to Egypt for a couple of years. He grew up in a backwater town in Judea called Nazareth, helping his father in his carpentry business. At about 30, he became an itinerant preacher, wandering through Judea. And because of his radical teaching, he became the target of religious persecution again. He was betrayed by a friend, subject to an illegal trial, and condemned to the most horrific form of capital punishment ever invented by man. So as we take our bread, it is to help us to remember what he endured for us. He, he was God himself, but he became a human being and went through all those things in a way similar to what we experience, but probably worse than what many of us experience, and he did it for us. He was innocent of the charges against him, but he went to death for us. Now I've got a piece of bread here, it's actually a wafer. It looks probably similar to what Jesus himself would have had, because they would have used unleavened bread at the Passover meal, which he was repurposing to become what we call communion today. You can use any sort of bread, it doesn't matter, it's only a memory jobber. So we'll break this, and then I'll say a prayer, and then together we'll, we'll eat it. So break a piece off, and we'll say a prayer. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you that you came from heaven, you inhabited this planet where we are, you experienced our human lives, in all its ups and downs, its good and bad times. And then you died subject to an awful death and you did it on our behalf. You could have walked away, you could have gone free, but you allowed yourself to be taken by those wicked men and killed so that we could be the ones that go free. And so we want to thank you from our hearts for what you did for us. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Take a piece of bread then, and we'll eat it together. So Paul goes on to write that in the same way he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, do this as you drink it, in remembrance of me. A covenant, we still have covenants today, they are um, legally enforceable promises effectively, and in Jesus' day, a covenant, we don't do this now, but a covenant had to be sealed in blood. 
So that's why he said this cup, red juice, wine, whatever you've got in it, it doesn't matter. Again, it's only a thing to help you remember. It's just to help us remember that he died, he shed his blood, his blood was poured out on the cross as a cruel soldier thrust the spear into his side. And that sealed the new covenant. And the fact that it's a new covenant means that there was an old covenant. And the old covenant was what we call the law of Moses. It was the Judaic law, which was really, really difficult to keep. And nobody actually succeeded in keeping it fully, however hard they tried. And it was just for the children of Israel, the Jewish nation. But the new covenant was different in as much as it was for everybody. Uh, Luke says it was for the many, which means that it included not just the children of Israel, but it included Gentiles, non-Jews as well. So it's, it's for us. And it was a covenant that was different from the old legalistic, hard-to-meet covenant because it was based on God's love, mercy and forgiveness. So as we share this cup together, we remember that Jesus died so that we could be free of the legal penalty of our sins because of God's forgiveness. So let's give thanks for that. Our God and Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent Jesus to seal a new covenant between God and mankind so that we would be free of the legal penalty, the justified penalty for our sins, our wrongdoings, and we would be able to accept your love, mercy, grace and forgiveness. And so we thank you for that from our hearts as we share this wine together. We thank you that we know we do it until Jesus comes again, as he promised when he said, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine until I drink it anew with you in my Father's house. So we look forward to that day as we share the wine together. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's drink together. So we've reached the end of our service for this morning. We'll continue to be praying for everyone who sees this, that God will still be speaking, revealing more of himself, more of his love to us, helping us to discover more of what it means to know him, spend our lives with him, and to be part of the church, to be part of a local congregation, to be part of the wider church. How God can take this strange, motley crew and knit us together to be his body and to share him with the world. Remember that. Keep loving one another keep caring for one another keep reaching out to one another to support each other especially at this time let's build each other up as the church so that together as his body we're then able to take jesus's love into the world with us wherever we go I'm going to say a closing prayer in just a second but just a quick reminder that if you want to put any prayer requests or any highlights uh, that you have uh, from this past week uh, they want to share them with other people, get them to be praying or to be praising with you for those things. Uh, then write them on the feed that you're watching on at the moment. Wherever you're watching, there'll be a space there where you can write something uh, and we'll be able to find that and use that to pray for or to share together as a highlight, which is really, really great.
Uh, and don't forget as well, if you want to be involved in some way in these services in the future, uh, then just get in touch with me and I'll explain to you how maybe you could do the Bible reading or you could do uh, some prayers uh, or you could lead some sung worship or you could just do a testimony time or you might have a poem or something like that that you want to read as Alec did this morning. Maybe you could help by sharing communion with everyone together or you want to do the talk or whatever it may be. Uh, get in touch with me, put it a, a message uh, on one of the groups wherever you're watching uh, and we'll be able to find you and be able to get you involved in helping. I can explain all the technical stuff, I can help you with that uh, if that's what you need as well, don't worry about that. It's been great that you've been with us this morning. It's been great that God has been here and been speaking through so many different people in so many different ways. Let's do one final prayer to finish. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love for each one of us. Thank you that it was a love that brought you from heaven to earth in the first place. That it was a love that then showed through the way that you lived your life, the things that you did, the difference that you made. It was a love that showed itself to the extreme by going to the cross and dying for each one of us. And then it was a love which showed it was more powerful than anything else through your resurrection and your coming back to life. Lord, help us now as your body, as your church, to be reaching out to those around us that we can see the world transformed as you're at work in us and through us into the lives of other people. Thank you that you choose us, whoever we are, however much of a motley crew we may be, that you bind us together, you fix us together, you draw us together with you as the head, with us, us as the body, to make such a difference in the world. Help us this week to make that difference. So we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'll see you next week, uh, half past ten, uh, once again for our next week's service. Um, if you uh, want to join in with any of the things that are happening during the week, then please do that. Uh, and also, uh, if you're a Zoomer, uh, then we're going to be doing that in a few minutes as well. Okay, have a really great week, everyone. We'll see you again next week. Get in touch with us in between, and we can be doing all kinds of things to support and help and encourage you, if that's what you need. Grace and peace, everybody. <laughs>